Welcome to the Shift Spotlight Podcast. I'm Winter, your host and co-founder of The Shift Spot. We are business transformational experts that help business owners and CEOs shift from working in the business to working on the business. My partner, Ken Paskins, and I specialize in helping visionaries achieve breakout results and scale with ease. We say here at the Shift Spot, shift happens, and we believe our knowledge, skill set, and support will help you design your business to give you the freedom and balance you deserve. Also, the Shift Spotlight is always looking for podcast guests, so go to theshiftspot.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. Hey everybody, it's Winter with the Shift Spotlight and today we are here with Brian C. Adams. I swear I won't make any Brian Adams jokes if you don't make any season jokes. So, <laughs> Thank you, done and done. <laughs> I know my whole life everybody's like, my sister's name is Summer and that that is my sister's name and I've got a cousin named Autumn and so they make the jokes and it's like, I really have all that. So anyways, yeah. um, Brian C. Adam is the president and founder of Excelsior Capital where he spearheads the investor relations and capital market arms of the firm. He has 10 years of experience in real estate, private equity and has advanced knowledge and best practices for strategic real estate investing. So thanks for being with us here today. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for having me. Okay. So why don't you just tell our listeners like at a very high level, what it is that you do? Sure. So we're a syndicator, which means that we go and find a commercial real estate investment opportunity. And then we send it to our network of high net worth individuals and families to come in and invest on just that one particular piece of real estate. And so I've got a long, long history in real estate. Um, And uh, so I'm just so curious, like commercial, why commercial? You know, we always hear people talking about residential, multifamily, this and that. But tell me why you think um, commercial is the way to go. Yeah, scalability. Um, Residential, obviously, is an incredible product type and asset class. You know, initially, when we first got into the business, multifamily, and this is 12 years ago, even then, multifamily was very competitive and it was a crowded space. And we just thought if we did kind of commercial, which for us means office, industrial, flex, and medical, we can at least have a different flavor of ice cream to give to people to send them something with a different look. And at that time, there weren't a lot of syndicators and operators in that space. So it's more a function of where we thought we could provide value and give people access to something otherwise they wouldn't have access to. And so with the new work world, a lot of, you know, offices, they're not, they're not going in as much anymore, but you're, you're more dealing in industrial storage, things of that nature, things that don't go out of style. Right. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, we refer to our product type as like the mullet of commercial real estate. So it's kind of, you know, retail office professional in the front, but then in the back, There's distribution, there's warehouse, there's storage, maybe micro bay. Um, Typically 25% is that retail office functionality. 75% is the industrial flex functionality. And so what made you decide to, like, you're you're the founder, you're running this company. Why did you decide to create this company? Uh, Well, I'm a recovering attorney. (laughs) <laughs> so I was practicing law for a couple of years and, um, you know, I really wanted to um, 
go into a, a big law firm. At the time, I was working at a very small place. And I had coffee with all these people, these partners who had been at their firms for a long time. And they're usually in their 60s or 70s. And um, I, I kept coming across the same story for them, which was that they were miserable, divorced, had substance abuse problems, didn't have good family life. And they had the golden handcuffs, right? They were making just enough money to live the quality of life that was expected of them as a partner at a law firm, but never enough to like go do what they really wanted to do. And the final nail in the coffin was I had a meeting with somebody who told me that as he looked back on his career, he said the value he created for the enterprise, i.e. the law firm, was directly correlated to the time that he did not spend with his friends and family. Mm, yeah. And I just thought, like, I don't want to be a part of this business. It's a bad trade. And um, turned me on to real estate. Yeah. You know, I, I deal with a lot of attorneys and um, primarily in the real estate space, but I, I've asked a ton of them, right? Because, you know, we have contracts. I, I should have been an attorney. I'm glad I didn't go into it, but I mean, I, I, I can read a contract. I know how to interpret law really well. And I, I'll ask them if you could do it over, would you want to do it again? And almost all, like, I'm like, be real with me. Just be real with me. <laughs> all of them say the same thing. It's just, nope. You know, you don't make enough money for the hours traded. And and real estate, you know, law is a lot different than, say, corporate law or something along those lines, like suits, right? I, I couldn't imagine <laughs> when I watch suits and I see like, it's like dark outside and it's like 11 p.m. on the clock and they're at the office. I'm like, what? Yeah. But um, no, I mean, obviously, you. so you decided to take a different path. And um, it, it looks like there's a lot of great tax advantages for direct real estate ownership. So what do those look like for, for like an average person, right? Sure. And it's important to, I think, draw a distinction. We only work with taxable investors okay. as opposed to some groups that work with institutional pension plans or insurance companies or endowments who are not taxable. Um, so as in individuals and families who are you know, have tax liabilities. You know, real estate is, is I think, one of the best asset classes that you can deploy capital into. I tell people, even though I got a C in basic federal income tax in law school, that the tax code is a set of incentives and disincentives to encourage or discourage certain behavior. And it very clearly wants you to own your own home, get married, have kids, and, and own real estate. And so when you look at the ability to use cost segregation studies to accelerate depreciation and pass through those losses to the investor through their K-1 to offset gains elsewhere. Super powerful. Obviously, the ability to 1031 and defer taxes indefinitely is huge. Mm -hmm. And just structurally, the way that we put together our, our SPV, LLCs, our investment vehicles, we're characterizing those initial dividends as a return of capital as opposed to a distribution. So it's not a taxable event. So we try everything we can to make it as tax efficient as possible. Gotcha. So who's your ideal demographic? Like who do you serve? Yeah, our avatar today is a, you know, 35 to 65 year old professional who is probably making, you know, 250 to a million a year, um, has a net worth of somewhere like three to $5 million and wants to allocate a portion of that to real estate 
but they have a full-time job and a family, so they don't have the ability to take down a deal themselves. Um, to date, they've probably just participated in some country club deals and that kind of thing. And so we like to be able to bring a more professionalized asset management structure and experience to those Main Street investors. Gotcha. Okay, so taking a little detour, let's talk about, you know, your business history. So you've got a long business history and, and varying aspects of real estate. You're actually the second person I've talked to in Nashville. You're still in Nashville? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, so my husband's um, daughter is an architect in, in Nashville. So she okay. just um, just moved there. So how did you, you know, how did you transition into the owner role? And what were the mistakes initially when you started out? that you made that you could help prevent another CEO or another business owner from making, especially in your industry, in your, your world? Yeah. So the transition, I was very fortunate. I married into a very affluent family in Nashville. So I had the opportunity to learn about private equity and alternative asset investing and what family offices were. Um, I didn't know anything about that world until I joined our family board and got exposure to this whole universe. And um, was was fortunate enough to have the support of the family to make that transition out of law to be an entrepreneur. So I'll be forever grateful to my father-in-law and, and our CIO and, and the family for affording me that opportunity. Um, in terms of mistakes, we probably don't have enough time because um, I know we have a short clock, but um, I'll kind of paint a picture. So I went out, my father-in-law made... Um, he uh, invested $100,000 with me and made two introductions and said that I could tell everybody in town that he was an investor, but otherwise I was on my own. So at the time, I was pretty pissed about that because he could have written a bigger check and he could have been a lot more helpful on the intros. In retrospect, it was the best thing he ever did for me. But so for a long time, I would do uh, five meetings a day and make 10 phone calls a day, every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. eventually was able to raise capital and started putting together deals and grew pretty quickly. Um, put together a $250 million portfolio in call it four years, which was great, but we fell into a, a very typical trap of just being, of being deal guys, just focus on acquisitions, just wanted to go out there and raise capital and do more deals. And when you scale like that, or you don't scale properly, a lot of things fall off um, the rails. And so we very quickly realized like we're not just real estate entrepreneurs, we're small business owners. And small business owners have to deal with HR, reporting, investor relations, marketing, communication, yada, 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 all these things that don't have anything to do with real estate themselves. And even though the deals were okay, um, we very quickly... Uh, realized that we did not put enough resources into those other aspects of the business. And it, it kicked our teeth in for two to three years. And so I would tell people who are contemplating going into this world, you have to realize that not only do you have to be a real estate investor, you have to be a small business owner and entrepreneur. And about 85% of small businesses in America fail within three years. Mm -hmm. And so you're taking on dual risk there the real estate deals and the small business stuff. So just make sure that you appreciate all that risk you're taking on and doing what you can to um, ameliorate that 
which is a lot of work, easier said than done, but that was a trap that we fell into. That was a big mistake. Well, and, and, and we deal with that a lot because, you know, at the shift spot, what we do is we're a CEO coaching and peer advisory community. So we help CEOs along their entrepreneurial journey because there's varying phases of becoming a CEO. And it typically starts out with somebody who had a good idea or was skilled in something. But then, like you said, they're wearing all the hats and they've never led before and they've never managed payroll before and they've never invoiced before and they don't have any process and systems. And so then the next thing you know, they're just running around with their hair on fire all the time. And then they're, they're their biggest employee <laughs> and they're in it. And that's why we always say we, we help you know entrepreneurs and owners shift from working in the business to working on the business. Because until you can get to that place, you are going to fall. You're not going to be able to scale. We hear most often either, I don't know why I started this company. I don't want to do it anymore. Or we hear, you know, um, I've scaled too quickly and now I just want to go back to it being myself. So looks like you had some of those, those growing pains, but it sounds like you had a mentor initially in the business, right? And that sort of helped you not fall too, too flat, right? Yeah, very fortunate to have a mentor and a great support network and a, and a very big cushion. And now I'm a member of a number of uh, affinity groups and organizations within the family office world, but also I'm a member of YPO and a lot of kind of peer-to-peer -peer CEO networking and educational groups that are hugely beneficial for me. So I'm, I'm a big believer and we have consultants and coaches and all kinds of folks that are helping us. So yeah, it makes a huge difference. What do you look for in your peer-to-peer -peer, um, groups that you join? No, the reason I love YPO, the best part about it is every time I walk into a meeting or an event, in-person, virtual, whatever, I am the least motivated person in the room. And I find mm. that hugely energizing. Mm, that's good. That's wonderful. Um, so what's been the hardest part about running your business? The idea that there is no end, mm. like there's, there's no, there's no end game. Um, there's always more transactions. There's always more work to do. There's always more time you could spend on that. And it, it could, it could, that darkness could devour you if you let it. Right. And, you know, being able to fend off workaholism and not shifting a mindset away from, you know, previously when I first started the business, when I had a challenge or a problem in my personal life or my business life, I would have like two options. I would, I would drink to numb it and forget about it, or I would work. And like, those are the only two tools I had in my tool case. Right. And it was not a great way to live. And yeah. so I had to shift my mindset out of those two optionalities, but it continues to be a real challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're invested in something, it is, it is your baby, right? And it is your world. And especially when you know, you've got people relying on you and they're expecting returns. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Right. And, um, I'm curious why you started your own business with so when when so many fail. Ego. Mm -hmm. Probably vanity. 
I love your authenticity. That's like awesome. I mean, you can ask me anything. Yeah. I mean, that's great. It sounds like you've, uh, you know, been there, done that. And uh, there's, there's no show to put on here. Right. You know, I wanted I mean, to, uh, I wanted to prove to my father-in-law that I was smarter than him. Mm. And I, I ultimately just wanted my dad to tell me that he was proud of me. Good enough. The good but enough I, track. But yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of those things. And it drove me crazy until I had to kind of reset my mind. But yeah, that's 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 why I started it for sure. So if you could go back to the younger self, your younger self, knowing what you know now, what would you what would you tell yourself? Get sober. Mm. Get sober and realize that in a hundred years nobody will care. Yeah. The only people who will care will be your kids or your grandkids, and they'll know that you were always at the office or you were drunk or you weren't a nice person. Nobody else will care or no. Yeah. Will you talk to my brother for me? Sure. <laughs> Happy to. I have, I have four brothers, so they won't know which one I'm talking about. Or sure. will they? <laughs> Happy to talk to him. Yeah. And I would tell, yeah. I would tell that I would tell myself to go to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, you just do, you need people to, to lean on when you're doing this life and, and doing anything. And that's why, you know, that's why we're such a big fan of community here. It's, it's lonely at the top. It's lonely when you're the decision maker, a lot of people in that position don't, you know, they don't, they can't go to their wife or their father-in-law and say, you know what? I suck as a leader. I don't know how to do this. Right. So they just muscle up and they, they try to handle it all themselves and they will typically do it with something you know, escapism, how, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. And then it, it manifests physically. So one of the things we also do at the shift spot, we have an aspect that's mind, body, and soul, because a lot of business owners, they stop taking care of themselves and they stop like the thing that makes the business run the best breaks down because they're handling it in different ways. So, um, so being in the CEO seat, and it looks like you figured a lot of things out along the way. What what would you say was the biggest shift for you to get to that place of it's not all about the money, it's not about the ego, it's not about the what 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 made that shift for you? Mm. Ending up in a place where um, you know I had set out a number of goals for myself, and they're kind of irrelevant what they are, but let's call them like square footage under management, dollars in the bank, the house, the country club, whatever, the usual stuff, right? The yep. things. All the things. All the things. You get them all. And you realize that you're more miserable then than you were before when you started the journey. Yep. And, you know, you're alone even though you have all these people like that know you on LinkedIn or that you have all these folks in your world, but like nobody actually knows you. And the really scary abyss of like, there is no end to acquiring the things and it doesn't bring you any happiness. And that hedonic treadmill just keeps going. Right. Like there's gotta be more to it. Um, some people don't come back from that. Right. Yeah. And so I was very fortunate to have a great group around me to support me, to help me come back from that place. And um, 
realize that, you know, I am not my business. My business is not me. I have, I'm my own person. Yeah. Um, and I, I have value beyond what I can bring to the office. Um, but there's, there's a lot of that within the CEO entrepreneur space, you know, self-hatred, shame, and, um, imposter really syndrome, just discomfort with living in your own skin. And like, I bet most of these people who I roll around with, if you had them in a room for 12 minutes and nothing to do, they would go, they would go ballistic. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as far as back to the company, mm. where do you see yourself investing resources for the next year? What's your 2024 goals look like? Real estate is going to be super challenging. I, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very, very difficult environment for the next 24 to 36 months. And so I stopped taking uh, a salary to make sure that we have enough cash to hold on to within the operating company mm-hmm. for some cushion for everybody. And um, in a time like this, putting resources towards investor relations, communication, and transparency with your LPs, your investors, I think is really good money spent. So we're increasing our communication, putting more money towards social media and anything that has to do with communicating with our potential investors or current investors. Because in a time like this, where there's a lot of uncertainty, having the ability to provide value to your community I think is where you can build some super strong relationships. So I'm traveling a lot, doing a lot of meetings in person and uh, spending more time with our thought pieces and and all of that. I, I love that. And I think that's where, you know, when, when you get in these weird markets and, and election years are always weird, but you're right, this is way more weird than we've seen it in a really long time. Yeah. But I, I think a lot of times people tend to hide and they they duck and they dodge and like, I remember when I first got started in real estate, you know, people would ask me questions that I didn't know the answer to, but I wanted to know, like, I wanted to act like I knew what I was talking about, even though I didn't. And I realized very quickly that the best thing you could say is, is, is be truthful and say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to find out and I'm going to get right back to you. And I found that people responded to me 10 times better by being authentic and truthful as opposed to me being like, well, you know, and so I I think that during these times saying, look, this is weird and we're in it together. And I, and I know that your returns may not be where they want, but this is what I'm working on. And this is how I'm, I'm here for you. I think that's the best thing that you can do. I mean, that's um, a a great way to handle, especially because everybody's so uncertain. Everybody is so uncertain right now. So I, I think it's going to be an interesting year for, for all of us. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, somebody wanted to get a hold of you. Somebody wanted to invest with you. By the way, I'm just curious. How did you get 18,000 LinkedIn connections? Is that just organic or? Um... Well, I actually have 24,000. Um... All right. Well, you need to update your bio because I read it. <laughs> I know. I can't believe you read it. Yeah. I, uh, oh, I, I, read it. I, re- I research all my guests because some people show it. up and who am I interviewing? What is this about? And it drives me crazy. Yeah, no, your prep is good. And your 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 drip campaign and your your follow-up sequence is really good too. So kudos to your funnel yeah. work. Um Thank you. uh to LinkedIn. Um ma'am. Um being super consistent, and I have a great internal marketing person who helps me look a lot smarter than I am. And so um, but yeah, just uh posting a lot, being honest. 
about my my wellness journey, my personal health stuff has gotten a really big response. And uh, I'll just say, like, there's a lot of really sad middle-aged finance bros out there that, uh, you know, they want to connect and learn from somebody that is trying to get better. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, look, we're all looking for that connection. And that's why we have community. And especially like ever since COVID too, community has been more important than, than ever. Um, before everybody thought that they could do it on their own. And then they found themselves in a situation where they were on their own and they were like, Hey, you know, so I, I love your authenticity. You you've been fabulous to interview. Um, if people want to learn more about you, they can go to exclsiorgp.com, right? And or look you up, Brian C. Adams, not to be confused with the singer on LinkedIn. Yeah, please hit me up, DM me. I'm happy to help anyone that I can. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening to the Shift Spotlight podcast. If you are a service-based business owner, CEO, founder, or co-founder with under 10 years of experience, and you are in the trenches of growing your idea or business and want to bring your inspiring story of change, challenge, and success, all while promoting your business and gaining exposure with a remarkable and influential network, we are actively searching for podcast guests who can share their journey. Please visit theshiftspot.com forward slash podcast to apply today. And if you are a listener, I'd love to give a shout out to your business, to our entire audience for free. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow our newsletter by going to LinkedIn and searching The Shift Spot. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. We believe every person has a message that can positively impact the world, and we love our community who listens and shares our program. Together, we are empowering one another as shift leaders. Hit subscribe to be inspired and motivated. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you and your growing business. We will see you next time.